Hello, listeners and viewers of The Total Podcast with me, your host, Phil Scott. Listen to episodes of The Total Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Anchor FM, and many other platforms. And also watch selected episodes of The Total Podcast on YouTube. Hello, and welcome to this episode of The Total Podcast with me, your host, Phil Scott. On today's episode of The Total Podcast, I have a very special guest. Now, I want to set this episode up um, with this uh, backstory. So years ago, when I was a grad student in college, my guest was a sophomore in high school. And at the time, I was doing a video project, which turned out to be a documentary for a special class that I had at my college. And so for this particular project, I had a chance to interview high school students in Arizona. And I had an opportunity to ask them about their lives and their futures and what they felt about their futures and things that concerned them about society at the time. So fast forward to today, my special guest is Velvet Sanchez. And Velvet was one of the students that I interviewed for my college documentary project. So without further ado, here is Velvet. So Velvet, thank you so very much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. Hi, thank you for having me. You're welcome. So you went to high school in Yuma, Arizona. That was one of the places in Arizona where I did the interviews. So basically what I'd like for you to do, Velvet, if you would, is for me, and I know my listeners will find this interesting about you too, you had a really interesting backstory at the time when you were in high school and your interview always stuck out to me. It was very unique. Um, I always thought you were just a very thoughtful and introspective person because you would always take time before you answered a question. I'd ask you a question and you were always thoughtful with your answers. So that, that always stuck out to me and, and just your backstory was interesting. So if you would, Velvet, first of all, tell us about your childhood, where you grew up, um, where you went to school and your life in high school. And then we'll get into your life post high school. Alrighty. Well, um, I was born in Yuma. I was born to, um, two drug addicts and alcoholics. Um, there's a lot of abuse in the home. My, uh, my dad went to prison when I was really young. My mom went to prison shortly after, I think I was like six, seven when she went. And he went like the year before. Um, so after that, we went and lived with my aunt in California for a bit until my dad got out. Um, and we moved back with him. I think I was like 10, 11 years old. Um, he wasn't ever really around though. He was always doing his own thing. When I got to high school, um, a friend of mine, her 
parents had let me, they were going to let me stay for a semester. Um, but they felt sorry for me after that. So they just kind of <laughs> let me stay there. So I stayed with them throughout high school. But so that's, that's where I was at um, when we had our first interview. Um, I was in high school and I was living with my other parents and just <laughs> living through life. Um, yeah. But I did go to COFA, um, graduated from there. That's at Yuma, Arizona. Graduated from COFA in 2000. So what kind of stands out to me too is first of all, I just want to say you're, you're like an incredible survivor. You have endured a lot of loss and a, a lot of uh, obstacles in your life. So hats off to you for being such a survivor. Um, if you would, um, tell us about your dad and your mom a little bit more, if you would, and how it affected your life in high school and then you lost, you've, you've endured a lot of loss. You've lost, you lost your parents and your siblings. So yeah. please talk about that. So talk about your parents, if you would, and how that affected you in your life um, going through high school. And then talk about your siblings, if you would. So um, my dad, when he got arrested, um, he got arrested for, um, what was his charges? I think it was like, selling narcotics. Um, he was selling drugs. They raided our house. I remember that night vividly. They raided our house. Mm. You know, they came everything. Um, they only sent him to prison. They put my mom on probation for that. Um, because of, you know, they wanted one parent to be with the kids. Um, but he, he beat my mom a lot. And so she had like, um, drinking. So she, she had drank a lot. She was an alcoholic. She was using drugs. Um, when he went to prison, um, I don't know if she stopped using drugs, but she still was a really heavy drinker and she's trying to raise us three kids. I'm the youngest of three mm -hmm. with the, them too. My dad later had a daughter with, um, one of his other wives. Um, but she just never really got hurt. Like she just, she didn't have a good support system and she was still drinking a lot and um, she ended up, she was out partying with some people and she, she was driving um, to my understanding. I was really little when this happened. Mm -hmm. um, they hit a car and a little boy died. Oh um, no. So she went to prison for that and she was gone for seven, eight years. I want to say, um, but she never really fully recovered from that. Um, she never really got her life together. So I never really had my mom again. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't, I never really had her to begin with, but, right. um, but I never lived with her again. I probably saw her from when she got out when I was 12 until she passed away when I was 29. I think I was. Uh, no, that was when my brother passed away. I think I was, tw I was 27 when she passed away. Mm -hmm. um, and I had seen her probably twice in those 15 years, those last 15 years. Um, and I, and my dad, he, he was so like, he got sober in prison. He really like 
got his life together in that aspect. But when he got out, it was more about his life and the things that he was doing. And he would like him and the girl, his wife that he was, that they ended up getting married at the time. They were just dating. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't really care for us kids. <laughs> they would get a babysitter for us. Like wow. she would come over like Friday night and then she would be there till Sunday. But she was like this older lady. So like me and my sister, my brother were kind of just off doing their own thing. Uh, Cause we didn't really have anybody supervising us. She was just there <laughs> to make sure we stayed alive. Right. Um, but so those were like, you know, it, it didn't have any guidance. Um, and it was, and it, it's hard when you're, you know, you're growing up, like your parents are supposed to help mold you and everything. And, and I didn't have that with my parents. Like I didn't have like, anybody to talk to about how I didn't even know how I was feeling um I was talking to my cousin a few like a few days ago Mm -hmm. and and she was like just go back to my mom's um and I was like I just I go I didn't know how to ask like for things like I just I knew that I had uh, like this was when I was high school I knew I had a house I knew I had clothing I knew I had food I was safe and that was enough for me. But now that I'm an adult, looking back, I realized that wasn't enough for me. Like there was a lot of things that just built up that I never had the time to just sit there and process all the, the trauma that I, I've already endured. So, um, which still affects me today. Like I, there's a lot of things that, that I struggle with even, even to this day. Um, there was even a, a period of time when, um, when I was an adult, I was going through my divorce and I was drinking a lot, mm-hmm. um, kind of, you know, starting to repeat the patterns of my parents. And at one point I stopped that. Um, but there's just so much that you don't realize affects you. Like you're kind of just going through your life. And now that I've had the time, like now that my kids are grown and I've had the time to like really sit down and process things. Mm-hmm. like it's a lot of stuff coming up and and it's kind of hard like I realize like a lot of the things that I do stem from me not having that like the parental guidance growing up like not having um you know you're going you're going through hard stuff and I I didn't have anybody to go to and be like oh like this is what I'm feeling or like ask questions about things that I was going through it was just kind of I had a <laughs> I just had to figure it out. So I was like in yeah. survival mode for like 37 years um, until I can finally like stop and really start thinking about all these things in my life and working through them. So it's been a long three years for me because now I'm 40 and these last three years is really when I've had the time to be like, okay, why am I this way? Let me work through this and get through all these things. Um, because just even having like, um, relationships with people not I mean like any kind of relationship like working with people like friendships like all the different kinds of relationships you have in your life like you don't realize how much um it affects you that's just how you've always been you know um so what um, was it oh go ahead oh no go ahead I was going to move on to my brother and sister yeah I was about I was about to ask you that so go feel free I was going to ask you that Um, so my brother, my sister, um, my sister, she, 
is two and a half. She was two and a half years older than me. My brother, we, my mom had us back to back. Like my sister was born in 79, my brother 80, and me in 81. Mm-hmm. Um, me and him are actually less than a year apart. Um, but my sister, my she had started drinking and like, you know, doing teenager stuff. And my dad sent her to go live with my mom. And my mom got her into like all kinds of horrible things. Um using drugs and um, prostitution, things like that. And um, she, my aunt got her, my aunt and uncle got her, the ones that we lived with previously, got my sister, got her cleaned up and everything. And then my dad was like, oh, I can take her. I can take care of her. And my sister wanted to go with him. And my uncle was like, hey, if she can't handle her, call her, I will come and get her. Like, just like, I don't care what time it is, whatever, like I will come and get her. And next thing you know, my dad had sent my sister back to my mom. They didn't even call my aunt and uncle. And then she got right back into the drugs, right back into the drinking. Um, and she kind of lived her life, the rest of her life like that. Um, my brother, he started, I moved, I moved away when I was a freshman uh, well, me and him were in the same grade. So mm-hmm. um, I moved away when I was a freshman. And at some point, he started using drugs. It affected his him mentally. Mm-hmm. So he ended up developing like schizophrenia, bipolar disorder. Um, Via the drug use. Yeah. So he kind of just slowly, we so, slowly started to lose him mentally that way but you know and he didn't like taking the psychotic drugs um he he because he would just be like this empty shell of himself and so whenever he was committed somewhere he would always escape because <laughs> mm-hmm. he didn't want to stay on the drugs wow. so my mom she was the first one to pass away and that was i want to say 2009 and then and I'm trying to remember how old she was because she wasn't, she wasn't very old. Um, I want to say mid forties. She just, I don't know her cause of death actually. My brother, um, like I said, he didn't like being on his, his antipsychotic drugs. So he would always escape and he kind of just lived on the street as a, you know, he was a transient. He just lived on, he liked to hang around in San Diego and they just found him one day on a bench and he was gone. Um, I don't really know the cause of death on his, I'm assuming with both of them, it was probably just their lifestyle, mm-hmm. um, that caught up to them. Um, and that was 2011, 2012. Oh, okay. My timelines are really strict, sketchy here. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister, she passed away 2017. Um, she had just gotten out of prison she was about five months pregnant um, and she got hit by a car. And then 2019, our dad passed away. He had gotten cancer. Um, It was liver cancer and he had been battling it for a few years, but he finally, finally passed away in 2019. He lost his battle to cancer. Well, well, I, I know what it's like to lose a sibling, 
because my brother was killed in a hit and run motorcycle accident. Um, he lived for about 12 days after the accident. The doctors did everything they could to save him, but it was, he was just, there was too much um, physical damage. And I, I know what it's like to lose a sibling, but you've lost two parents. Now, granted, you weren't very close to them because of what they did. Um, you were close to your brother and you, you did spend some time with your sister. Um, what has that been like for you? And how has your experiences with your siblings and your parents, how did that shape and mold the way you raised your kids? Because you had some difficult relationships um, yourself. And so you had to be extra protective of your kids. So how did those relationships with your siblings and your parents affect and change and mold how you raised your own kids? Um. So my mom, what, for, for a long time, I, I had a lot of like bitterness towards my mom, a lot. I'm going to try to get through this without crying. Um, but once I started going through my own things with my kids, mm -hmm. I could understand a lot of why she was the way she was. Right. Um, and I could feel, I mean, and I could feel, I can imagine how she felt at the time. Now, granted, I never got beat. <laughs> like my, my ex-husband, he punched me in the face one time and it was like, he was high. Like he wasn't like, and I'm not defending him for hitting me. He shouldn't have hit me, but I don't, I don't, it wasn't anything in comparison into what my mom went through. Like I had these vivid, vivid images of my dad, just like punching her in the face. Oh. Um, but so with my mom, when I started going through the, my, my stuff with, with my marriage and my kids, I started to like, I could understand her a lot more. And so it was almost easier for me to forgive her um, more than my dad, because I, I could see how their relationship affected her and how it broke her down. And with no support, not being able to pull herself out of it. Right. And she, I mean, but not only that, but she also had a really bad childhood. Um, so, um, and I don't know a lot about her childhood. I just know it wasn't a good one. And um, so going from a traumatic childhood into an abusive marriage and then getting into drinking and doing all the drugs and then having these three kids and then having that accident happen, like I could see where it's like it almost just you just lose your hope you just you lose your hope and then you just sometimes it's just there's nothing that could really pull you out of that like it takes a lot to pull yourself out of that mm -hmm. and I and I could see that um um my dad it was it was always a struggle with him because even the, and he was always like oh I'm sober now and I don't you know I don't hit women and I don't cuss he would always say these things but the one thing that he never really did was take responsibility for how he hurt us right. and how his actions hurt us. And he, I remember we had this one conversation. He was trying to put all the blame on my mom. And it really upset me because I was like, like, you were the cause of a lot of her problems. Like, you can't say it was all her. And 
And then at that point I was like, cause we were at my house and I was like, I think you need to leave. And we stopped talking for a long time. And, but even, even when I moved out as a freshman, he, he was just never, he never tried with me. He would come into town and I wouldn't even know, like, it would be one of my aunts calling me and like, Hey, come to your naughty's house. Your dad's going to be there. And I'm like, Oh, my dad's in town. Like he didn't even call me to tell me like, Hey, I'm coming to town. Like he would never call, like he never called me. He never initiated anything with me. And his last wife even tried to say like, Oh, well, you're an adult. Like she was telling one of my aunts, like you're an adult, like she's an adult. She should like forgive him and this and that. And she's like, no, she's always a child in this relationship. And I think a lot of times, but I mean, with addicts is like, once they get sober, they don't, I don't, I don't know what it is, but a lot of the times they just don't realize that just them getting clean doesn't undo all the destruction that the chaos of their addiction causes in other people's lives. Right. And, and for me, that was a big thing with my dad is like, you, you don't take the responsibility of it, but then you don't try to make it better either. You, you kind of just and avoid me because maybe because it hurt him to mm-hmm. have to face it because I wasn't like my, like he would tell me like, Oh, your brother and your sister, forgive me. It's like, it's not that I don't forgive you, but I'm not going to allow you to come into my life to keep hurting me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I always kind of kept him at a distance because it was always like, cause even like my high school graduation, um, he was like, Oh yeah, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. And then the morning of my brother tells me, Oh yeah, dad's not coming. Like he couldn't even call me to tell me that he wasn't coming. Like he called my brother to tell me or to tell him that he wasn't coming, but he couldn't call me to tell me. So it was like, it, it was like that pretty much my entire life with him, even into my adulthood. It's like, even when I was an adult and he would come into town, I wouldn't know. He was never like, oh, I'm going to come into town to see you. He would come into town to see our family. And I would find out like secondhand. So for, for me, it was just like, I'm not going to, I'm going to keep you at a distance because I need, I need to protect myself, but I always like forgave. And I think a lot of people don't realize that the thing about forgiveness, it doesn't always mean reconciliation. Like, um, there is this quote from a pastor that I always tell people like forgiveness is the repentance of one, um, reconciliation of both parties or all parties involved. Um, you know, that's, in order to forgive, you don't have to reconcile with somebody. You don't allow them to keep hurting, hurting Mm -hmm. you. Um, and so getting to my kids and me raising them, um, especially after losing my, my brother, cause they were, my kids were still little, like, you know, they're still pretty young when I lost him. My, they were a little bit older when I lost my sister, but when I lost my brother, I really started to like, I had already gone, like gone through so many things. Um, but going through all of that and then losing my, my mom and then losing my brother. Um, I really just like stopped trying, like, I really tried to like start taking each day and like be thankful for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, cause it's so easy for us to get up, go to work, get up, go to work, get up, go to work and not really stop and think about 
what the day actually is and to be thankful for it. Um, so I always try not to take each day for granted. Um, but with my kids, just pouring out like all the love that I could to them, that me, my brother, and my sister just so desperately wanted from our own parents and just never giving up. Um, because there was times I wanted to give up and I was just like, nope, I can't. Like I have these two kids and and they are pretty much what carried me <laughs> through 18 years, 19 years. Like, you know, um, I mean, they still do today, but like, like I always tell them, like, I, I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have you guys. Like there's, I don't, I really don't know what I would have done without them. So your relationship with your kids is like a total 180 from what it was with your parents. Um, and it sounds like you're very grateful for that. Um, in, a, in a short sentence or so, how would you, how would you describe your relationship with your kids? I, I feel like the three of us are really, really close. Um, me and their dad didn't have a good marriage. We separated the first time right after my daughter's first birthday. And then we separated for good when my son turned five and um, pretty much their whole life. It was just me. Um, so it was the three of us. He, he was in and out of jail. He went to prison for a few years. So for the first like 10, 11 years of my kid's life, he was just like pretty much just not around at all. And even when he was out during that time, he was using drugs and I never kept my kids from him. Like I, I was always like, I want my to have both parents. Um, but I also told him, like, if you're actively using, like, you cannot take my children. Like we can meet you somewhere. And if you want to see them, like we can meet you at a park, but like, you can't, you can't have them if you're using drugs. Um, but, but even like when he got out, you know, he, I don't, I don't know. He just wasn't around a lot. Like, so it was pretty much just always me and the kids and, and the other kids a lot was because they didn't understand a lot of the things that their dad did. And I'm like, you guys, like, you have to, like, I would tell him you have to forgive, like, and I would pray with them and I would teach him about forgiveness. And I was like, you can't hold on to this. Um, and and I remember one time my son came home and he was mad at his dad about something. And I'm like, Trent, like, you're going to have to apologize to your dad. And he's like, why? I didn't even do anything. And I was like, I know, but your dad probably doesn't see it that way. And so he was like, oh, so he went and he apologized to his dad. And, and I've always just taught them, like, you know, like, just forgive. Like, you're going to be better off in life if you, if you learn how to forgive. And I think that's helped them now. They're, like they're not close with their, they're not, that's their own speak on that. Um, but like with me and them, me and my kids, we are really close. Like I love my kids are great. Um, when I was in Yuma, like a few years ago, like my son, like he surprised me when, like he just showed up on Mother's Day one year and I was going through a really hard time at that mo at that time. So it was just like a really good thing. And my, my daughter, just a couple weeks ago, she surprised me here in Florida and she came to visit me. And, and I love that about my kids. Like, I love that they love to be with me. And I love that um, they're close with me and, 
you know, like they can talk to me, they'll FaceTime me, um, they'll text me, like, like we just have a good relationship with each other. Mm-hmm. And I, and when they're going through the hard times, like I love that come to me, like, and they'll talk to me about it. Like, and that, you know, like I wasn't, I wasn't an easy mom. My <laughs> daughter will say like, you, you could have been nicer, which is true. <laughs> um, but like, and I always tell her like, you have to understand, like you're like, I was going through a lot of stuff and I didn't know how to be a parent. Like I, and then I was doing it by myself. And like, it was like, there was a lot of frustration there and I didn't, I'm like, I could have been nicer, but like I did the best that I could. And so I can't like regret anything that I did. Cause I know that I, I did the best that I could, even though sometimes it wasn't the greatest, but it was the best that I could do at that, at that time. But like, like we, like the three of us, we have such a great relationship and it's like my favorite thing in life <laughs> is, is my kids and our relationship. Well, we're going to take a quick break. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk about a little more, a little more about your life now and how you see your future going. So we'll be, we'll be right back with more of the total podcast with me, your host, Phil Scott. Hello, listeners and viewers of the Total Podcast with me, your host, Phil Scott. Listen to episodes of the Total Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, and many other platforms, and also Watch selected episodes of The Total Podcast on YouTube. And welcome back to this episode of The Total Podcast with me, your host, Phil Scott. Now, Velvet's story has just been so fascinating. I'm going to continue this into part two next week. So next week, listen for part two of my fascinating interview with Velvet Sanchez. So until then, everyone stay safe, be careful out there, take care of one another, and we will talk again soon.